Two. Welcome everyone to Voices Through Avalon. My name is Sharon Fincher. And my name is Katie Smith. And we are here with Amy Smith, who is our Director of Healing Services. Hey, Amy. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Um, Amy has a very interesting position here, and we're going to get into what that looks like. But, but Amy, why don't you tell us a bit about what you do here? So, yeah, my, my position currently is the Director of Healing Services. And so it has, uh, my position her title has evolved over the last couple of years as our program has grown. Um, essentially what that means is I am a supervisor in our counseling program. So I oversee um, about, gosh, I have to count how many counselors we have now. Um, I have seven uh, counselors on staff that I supervise. Um, and even I currently still provide direct service work to survivors. So there are some survivors that um, I still work with um, from earlier when I first joined um, Avalon Healing Center. And and those who might have some more complex trauma issues, um, I still work with them one-on-one. And um, I go out, I do all the other things that advocates do. So I go out on call and I help support our 24-hour program. And a big part of what I do, though, is the day-to-day administration. So helping to oversee um, how services are being um you know, administered uh, our support groups and things like that. And then I have, you know, the fun tasks of, um, you know, signing timesheets and doing that kind of work too. Amy's great. Amy, how long have you been with Avalon? I have been with Avalon since 2010. Wow. Wow. Long time, a lot of dedication. Mm -hmm. So question with that, you've seen how things were back in 2010 and you have been a very integral part of the evolution of where we are today what 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 do you what do you notice the differences between how things were back in 2010 as opposed to how they are in 2021 yeah it's it's pretty incredible it's it's stark it's a stark difference from when I first came I had worked in Detroit previously with another partner program and it was another sexual assault program and we were really struggling um to develop services and make them accessible across the community. So I met uh, Kim actually years ago when I worked for another program uh, in the outer part of the county and um, developed a, a working relationship with the program. And so uh, when I came to work in Detroit and we were trying to figure out how we could work together to build a more comprehensive response in the community, we um, tried partnering to first uh, start tackling the issue of, you know, just getting survivors access to counseling services right now. Um, at the time we had two advocates that worked for Wayne County Safe. Most of their time was dedicated to a very specific project um, with the unsubmitted rape kits that were found here in the city. And there was my position for the program that I worked for, and I was a sexual assault advocate and coordinator um, trying to build out another program on another side of the city. Um, One thing our community lacked also was uh, survivors, uh, crisis intervention for survivors who had to go to the hospital. That was a huge uh, lack uh, across the entire community. And so when I joined uh, Wayne County Safe and started partnering with them, excuse me now, Avalon Healing Center, we um, first started trying to address the issue of providing in-person crisis response. 
there wasn't anybody in the community doing it. So that meant most folks were who had to go to the hospital or went to the police stations uh, were doing it without support, access to information about their rights and their options. So, um, yeah, when I first came to Wayne County Safe, I uh, replaced one of the two advocates that was working uh, with the program at the time. And we had just received funding to provide expanded services um, to survivors across the community that were outside of that special project. Mm-hmm. And it was almost as soon as we started advertising the services, the phone started ringing. Um, we have folks reach out to us, those who were experiencing, who had experienced recent sexual violence, and many whom um, experienced sexual violence in the past that said, you know, I've been a lifelong resident of the community, and there were no supportive services available to me when I went through my experience. And they reached out to us um, looking for help and support because it stayed with them. Um, So we went from a really, really, really small program um, to now Avalon Healing Center where we have multiple um, advocates with specialty focuses and a lot of real um, special gifts and talents, you know, out here um, really reaching folks um, and increasing access to services. Yeah. How, Amy, how does it make you feel to know that you have been a part of something that really you can say that you helped build and grow and strengthen to what Avalon is today? Like, how, how does that make you feel? Yeah, and, and also, like, where do you see it going in the future? Mm-hmm. God, it's sur- it's pretty surreal. Um, you know, I there was a part of um, the our groundwork. Absolutely, it was it was tirely, tiring. Um, we worked tirelessly to um, try to meet the need, and it was a huge need. Um, but I have to say that as almost as quickly or as slowly as we started. We started gaining traction, and our program started to expand, and we started getting this really great, diverse team. And I, while I'd like to think I, well, I acknowledge I have a huge part in our growth, I think very much, um, you know, I'm inspired by the work of the team and how much dedication, you know, others have brought. And it's really been um, our individual efforts that have really pushed this program forward and uh, then was just driven by the support in the community almost naturally. And so as we continue to grow, um, the, the, it, we just continue to see increase demand um, for services. And so um, it's really, 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 really cool to see where we are now. And um, just got done talking to our director about all the, the visions for our future. And there's so many cool things we could do, um, you know, outside of the traditional counseling setting. Not very many folks actually engage with us formally in counseling. So Doing things like reaching folks in the community through our podcast, through our speakers bureau, um, we're now developing a survivor advisory committee. A lot of really, really cool things that, um, you know, I think will help folks in that healing process, but also become engaged with other survivors in the community, um, and that it's just it's going to look a lot different from what what we first started with. We have a lot going on. And, and <laughs> we, we really do. Understatement you know, it's, it, of the it's, year. It's so funny. And, you know, we were talking to Kim 
and just coming to work every day, you never know. Like, we never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's always unexpected. But what I can say, at the end of the day, when you go home, you know for sure. You really help somebody. You've put input into, you know, creating positive change and things like that. You're working with a great team. And we struggle and we fuss and we do what we have to do. But at the end of the day, we're really trying to make sure that we put out things that um, – helps the community helps our survivors and also helps our staff you know we also do our self-care and things like that here one of the things that i'm really excited about is is our um our online learning institute that we are we've launched mm-hmm. it, it'll it's launching and um that's a game changer for us too something that we've talked about for a very long time and i think because of COVID, we were pushed in the direction of having to do things a lot um using our virtual tools and things like that. We go to conferences, and I know I've even had conversations with you about the people that we engage at these conferences and all of the information we have and, like, all of the people that really want to know and, like, oh, gosh, I wish I was closer. Mm -hmm. And so now all of this wonderful knowledge that we have here we're about to share. Um, How do you feel about that, or what are your thoughts on the, the, the learning platform that we've created? Yeah, it's exciting and overwhelming at the same time. Um, I was, you know, working on content um, earlier just before our interview. And um, I think, you know, we part of our intent um, has been to try to make, you know, this information available. And, and I think what's really cool also about the Institute is that a large part of our focus has been um, on community providers mostly and other partners in the community but no matter we do know that across all professions and communities and special populations sexual assault affects all of us in one way shape or form whether you're professional in, in any in most settings you are going to interface in some way shape or form with a survivor and um, particularly for our uh, service providers and partners in the community um, I think it's invaluable Um, and I especially you know because as I mentioned again there may be folks who only engage with us at the time of crisis and much of their support their healing their journey um, is in other areas and other parts of the community with other systems and individuals that don't work for Avalon Healing Center. So we want them to know what the most important thing is that you can do to help somebody. What's What do you need to know um, so that you're more informed and better educated around um, responding and understanding trauma? And um, so, yeah, it's it's a really cool endeavor. Um, I think we've planned a couple years of um, training and content out out here already. Um, so we're ambitious team. Um, we're excited, but we're excited to do it. Yeah, and and you know, thinking about the counseling and everything, you know, one of the things that I know we try to be very intentional about is not making everything dark. Sexual assault is not a conversation that everybody wants to have, but I think our staff really tries to become innovative in ways to engage people, to really get information out there. Groups, you know, Katie has groups and everything like that. And maybe you and Katie can talk about how the groups coincide with the counseling and and what, you know, our groups do for our clients to help with, you know, um, their journey. Yeah, Katie can probably say what what she's observed better than I can with what, you know, with a couple of groups that we've had. It is something unlike what I think anyone will 
get from individual or like one-on-one counseling, that uh, relationship and the, um, the, just that engagement with other survivors, hearing other people's stories, sharing in that journey, being a witness to their healing um, is pretty incredible. And the therapy approaches, like our therapy is our, I think it's our longest running group. <laughs> Katie should be really, really proud. Um, um, I've really enjoyed um, co-facilitating art therapy with um, one of our other advocates, Danelle Foster. And I will say that the the one thing I can take away from art therapy is that art is really, it, it heals. And, you know, not everybody, um, not every, we try to meet our survivors where they're at. And not everybody, um, you know, does well with one-on-one counseling. They, they might benefit from the group counseling because you, you need people around you and you feel like the circle of support from working with other survivors and getting to engage with other survivors that have been through similar experiences that you might have been through. And with art therapy, you know, we have a, a standing group of, of survivors that come every single time to art therapy. They look forward to it. We do different projects. Um, it's not even always just about tangible art. It could be poetry. We talk about music. We talk about um, you know painting, drawing, working with clay, jewelry making. There, there's all different forms of, of art therapy that we have tried to touch on. And a lot of these clients became friends, and they talk outside of art group. They, they're friends on Facebook, Instagram, and they form these bonds that really have helped them, I, I would like to think, have helped them in their healing process. And, and I just love to see them excited for the next project we're working on. You know, we just had art therapy group last Thursday and we did vision boards and one of the clients had come in and said, you know, we missed you guys. You know, we weren't able to do group in January and the client was just really excited to be there and to be with her friends. And I, that really makes my heart feel good. And I feel really blessed that I've been given the opportunity to do some of this direct service work and and really it helps me in my job as director of communications to help facilitate um, some of the social media work and marketing that I do because I'm really able to one-on-one work with the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the feedback from art therapy um, it, it has been that it's, it's invaluable and, and it helps us, you know, working with our hands and, you know, it, there's a, there's a calming effect, but there's also, you know, a way that it engages, um, the, the senses in a way and, and trauma is a sensory experience. And so oftentimes when we're asking clients to think, um, cognitively about their trauma and, and making, you know, these hard, uh, decisions sometimes and processing all of the information, it can be really overwhelming. So using approaches through art therapy um, can help people process that trauma in a way that they may not even um, realize. Um, And so, yeah, that is, um, I think, doing these other um, types of, um, you know, helping people find healing in ways outside of individual counseling is also important um, equally, if not more. And so that's just one of many um, ways that we've tried to engage folks in, and helping them to build support systems outside of, of Avalon Healing Center yes. and building their own community. Um, and so that they can, you know, um, 
also, in so many ways, they find that they're helping other survivors um, through that process, too. So, yeah, it's been um, really, really cool to see that. And that's just one example of many. We've had yoga. Um, we've had secondary trauma, a uh, group for secondary trauma survivors as well. And um, I'm forgetting the first question <laughs> now. Because, yeah, <laughs> we got a lot going on. No, it's awesome. You know, and, and one of the things with our directors, and I just want to say, you know, thank you for trusting the team. You know, because it's a lot of times where you have people, you know, who are directors and they don't listen to the team. They don't listen to the clients. They don't listen to the people that they serve. And so I think it's just a collective of getting information from everybody to really try to figure out what's best for everybody. And not only do we have groups for our survivors, we also have groups for our staff. You know, we have things that we do for staff to keep us healthy as well, because this work is a lot Um, And we really humanize the experience. And I think that's why a lot of our survivors step up and they take leadership roles and things like that. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And we're really good about talking about, you know, trauma and, you know, what that looks like and and why you respond to it. So thank you so much for that. I think our counseling services are amazing. I think that we've started counseling each other. I don't know. But um, but it's great. Yeah, it's great. And, And I'm just excited to see in what direction we go in. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We have some some questions though, Amy, and, and we want to get to know Amy. Okay. Outside of the director role. And so Katie is going to do our lightning round. Yes, I am here to do the lightning round. Um this is one of my favorite segments because I just love learning about some of the unique things about each person that we interview. Um what is your favorite book? So, my favorite book was memoirs of a geisha i love that book such a wonderfully visually like i just remember being transported visually um after reading that book i lost the copy somewhere in my one of my moves um borrow it from me it's one of my favorite books i think i read it in like a night it was one of the ones like you just like start reading i'm on page you know 200 and and need to go to bed so that was that's my favorite I didn't know that. I didn't know that was your favorite book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of your favorite quotes? No, Rosa Parks. <laughs> right. Nice. And it's perfect. Well, I know, right? Because mm-hmm. we're interviewing you during Black History Month. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't know Rosa Parks was a sexual assault advocate. She was. She, she was. was. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite place to eat? Oh, my gosh. There's so many places. Um, Speaking of eating, my tummy keeps grumbling this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) She stopped talking about food. Oh, gosh. So one of my favorite, favorite, favorites is a local um, barbecue place called Uptown Barbecue. Mm. (laughs) Love to eat there. Um, We have – oh, there's just so many places down here in the city. Um, I live just outside the city, and so um, I don't – uh, frequent uh, the restaurant chain restaurants in my neighborhood. I like the individual, like the small restaurants, like the mom and pop restaurants. So um, there is a uh, a restaurant over here in Southwest Detroit. A lot of us uh, frequent. Um, there's many in Southwest Detroit. So I would say probably there's maybe ten or more um, that I would uh, that I tend to frequent there. Um, but uptown has to be my. Um, we always have this joke about this particular place in Southwest that Amy's mentioned. Do we look for the smoke? Yeah. We know we know where the place is if we can find the smokestack because yeah. 
There's usually some uh, barbecue chicken happening over there. It's the best smoked so chicken best you're going to find. Oh, it's so good, the rice. and <laughs> It's delicious. Los Gallos. Los Gallos. Um, that's, what, that's the... Is the name even outside of it? Mm, yes. It is. It we is. always, we always, we always chicken, chicken man. man is a joke, but I just no, love... it's really good chicken, though. I mean, it really is the best yeah. chicken. And you can just look for the smoke and It is it. the best chicken. It's on Dick's Toledo, technically. Yeah. It's charred and Dick's just Toledo. perfectly, yeah. and... Yeah. Oh. They have the best chicken <laughs> besides a place in Ferndale called Cilantro, oh. which is a Peruvian restaurant. And their chicken is seasoned to perfection, just like the chicken man. Mm. I just had to share because every time I go to Ferndale, I go get Can't a wait to go to lunch Katie will this. be eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, okay, well, just a couple more questions. <laughs> what or who inspires you? Survivors we work with. Uh, some, you know, there is a, a friend of ours who worked for our program a long, long time ago, and I reference this frequently because it's something I'll never forget. And uh, she said, you know, if the folks that we work with, um, you know, who have come through this, you know, this tragedy, if they're able to get out of bed every morning and uh, come in, face, you know, kind of face the world, um, then then I have the easy job, yeah. you know. So uh, that inspires me. People's strength um, beyond words to even and even comprehension sometimes. So. That's what inspires me, the women, the men, the, the, the young folks, the adolescents that are coming, even just like showing up, trusting a stranger, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, what we are allowed uh, to be a part of and to witness in people's lives is pretty incredible. So that right there does it for me. Yeah. Well, I think this probably, touch, what you just said probably touches on the next question I was going to ask you, but what makes you want to come back tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. I think, again, I would just reference, like, I think about people, you know, like, and some of it is just there are people who I've worked with for a long time, namely survivors, um, some of whom I've I've only met once and never talked to again, and then, um, you know, all my colleagues, and so just... Uh, it's hard work, right? Like, it, at the end of the day, it's really, 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 really tough um, to hear um, what what someone would do to another person, try to take from that, from that person. Um, but we do find a way to laugh. We, you know, we don't, sexual violence uh, is an experience some uh, folks may uh, feel defines their entire life, um, but it is really a, a part of them. It is part of a whole person. Uh, there's so much more um, to us, uh, uh, than what has happened to us. So I think, um, I like to get to know, um, my, my peers, the survivors we work with, my colleagues, like that is what's inspiring, like getting to know what we're passionate about and finding ways to, to connect and, um, you know, figure out what brings us hope. Um, that's, you know, what keeps me going and wanting to come back and keep doing this. I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to wrap up. I don't want to hold everybody's day up. But this is some really good information, especially since you've been so involved in the movement for so long. We always talk about everything that we're doing and, and what's happening and the changes that we've seen. What would you like to see? Because some things, I know things that I would like to see, like prevention, being worked on more and things like that. In a, in a perfect world, if you could choose one thing and somebody said, Amy, what would you like to see happen today? And it would happen. What would that be? Hmm. 
anything that I would like to see today. Um, I, I would, I would like to see, um, Oh gosh, there's that's such a hard question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just wondering as yeah. you were talking. Like, I wonder if Amy could change something today. Like, what would that look like? You know, we do have barriers and we don't often mm-hmm. talk about them because we're just trying to get, you know, our messages out and the information mm-hmm. out. And we talk about our barriers as a staff mm-hmm. or as, you know, a group of advocates and things like that when we all come together. But You'd be surprised if we can just say that and somebody hears this that can actually make that happen that we may not have access to, how yeah. something can change quickly. Gosh, you know, over, I would love to see, like, the shame, the guilt, the stigma, the blame. I would love to see that erased. You know, like, I still think we have such a long way to go. We're still using language and we're still talking about survivors' experiences and um, and and not – focusing accountability on perpetrators, those that commit the crime, what they've done, you know, and so like, it's hard to say, because not every survivor is going to want to go through the criminal justice system. Do I want to see that that system improved tremendously? Yes, but I don't think that's a pathway to healing or justice for everybody. I do I have observed most of the folks I've worked with across demographics, um, no matter if they were assaulted yesterday or years ago, that guilt, shame, blame, that, that is so heavy. And, um, you know, it, it impacts how they're believed. It impacts their experiences as they try to make decisions for what's best for them. So if we could somehow remove, excuse me, if we could just remove all <laughs> that from, you know, from the world, <laughs> that's yeah. my magic wish. Yeah. I'd wave my wand and, and eradicate cool. that. Thank you so much, Amy. We appreciate having you here. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Voices Through Avalon with myself and Katie. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. So we look forward to everybody tuning in with us next time. Everybody have a great day and be safe.